You are listening to the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please be sure to show your support and follow us on our other social media platforms. Check out the links listed in the description of this episode to find out more. Thank you. Oh, where are we? I got I got distracted by booby witch. I mean, I it thinking, happens. It there happens. we go. I was thinking of boobs and got distracted. This is a first for the there queer podcast. <laughs> um, oh my god, Liam. Then. where two homos called Liam discuss all things gay and wonderful in the world of horror. Hi, gay. <laughs> I'm Liam J. Hi. Hi, Liam J. I'm Liam B. <laughs> oh, it sounds like we're kids presenters. <laughs> <laughs> and today, be, folks, yeah. we're going to be making... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd last very long as a kids TV presenter. I think you'd be actually really good at that. Like, I don't know why, but I just think... I know, I, I feel like it's not inappropriate for me to say that I think you hate children. In a professional capacity, they are great. <laughs> not my cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But on the children's presenter front, I think you could, you could do well. Just put a jazzy shirt on and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of children... Uh, this month's episode. <laughs> I smell a child. I smell a child. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're talking about Hocus Pocus, the fantastic Kenny Ortega film, which I think out of every film I've ever seen, I've probably seen more than anything else. Is that like your your film? Because I, I think everyone has one, don't they? They always have mm-hmm. a film that they've seen the most when it's always on TV or whatever. They they always watch it. So is Hocus yeah. Pocus yours? Hocus Pocus is the one. And it's also one of those that I'm like, I'm having a bad day. I want to do something, but I need something in the background. Oh, look. Another glorious morning. Makes me sick. That or just random episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Do you know, it's been a while since I've uh, watched Grey's Anatomy. Like, OG Grey's Anatomy was great. I don't know how stuff is more recently, but um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's okay. It's a show. The shade, the shade. Well, I have barely anyone in it anymore, so I'm just like, I'm just, I'm powering through this just for, just out of blind loyalty at the moment. Isn't it the last season though now? It's rumoured to be. Okay. And if it's the last season, I would like them to bring as many people back as possible. Basically, I want Sandra O oh back on my TV screen. Yeah, definitely. In any shape I, or form. I always forget that she came, well, kind of like that was her big thing where she broke yeah. out of. Um, I always forget that. Uh, but yeah, she's she's wonderful. We've gone off on a complete tangent, but... We have, well, well to, to bring it back in, um, <laughs> there's a Halloween episode of Grey's Anatomy that happens to me. <laughs> Is that actually? One of my favourite episodes, yeah. No. It's fantastic. There's like... Like, oh, I found a leg, and it just turns out to be like a, an artificial leg. And then they're just <laughs> like, all these people come in with blood all over them. And I'm like, oh my God, there's been a huge trauma, but it's not. They're just. It's just costumes. They're just costumes. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so good. So, yeah, bringing those strings back together Halloween, <laughs> Hocus Pocus. Hi. 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 <laughs> How so, are you? <laughs> um, it's been a month. Well, it's not been a month since we last spoke, but in this capacity, 
It yeah. has been a month. What have you been up to? A fair bit, actually. I mean, this time of year is always busy. Uh, spooky season. Everything always seems to just happen all at once. So the last couple of, of weeks, we've been busy with Super Freak Media stuff, shooting our short film, which will hopefully be together for Halloween, um, called <laughs> Take a Look. We've got some more pickups, uh, like another day or so shooting left on that. And last uh, weekend, which is just gone, we had a really exciting collaboration with our friend Jess's brand, The Scent Coven. So, yeah, shout I out have to... One of her candles burning right now. <laughs> literally, literally the same. So, <laughs> we I should have, be ambassadors um, for that I brand. I you burning uh, at the moment. Oh, oh, okay. So you've got a whole room full of just gorgeous smells. Yeah, I do. Very nice, very nice. But um, Which makes a change. <laughs> it's uh to, to be fair though um this last weekend it was probably one of the wettest shoots i've been a part of um which take that as you will but we um we got some really really great stuff so i'm sure we'll be posting about that pretty soon uh, i think that's going to be the promo kind of thing that we shot is going to be dropping on halloween as well so it's all systems go at the moment and what about you what have you been up to you've been busy as well i, I see have. um it's um in a professional capacity i've been working damn hard. oh something just fell over in my room oh it's a ghost yep okay. something doesn't want me talking about my month <laughs> okay um anyway you're in danger girl <laughs> Marley. You in danger, girl. <laughs> um, yeah, I um, did a fantastic event up at Derby Uni with Cheryl Hole. Queen of Essex has arrived. It was a really momentous occasion because it was a huge thing for... I work for an LGBT charity and we were able to get our name out there and let people know, you know, all the new students coming in that they have somewhere to go to. They have a whole charity backing them up for whatever they need. But it was a huge occasion because it was also the first ever Drag Race Girl in Derby. And it was also Cheryl Hole's last last gig as a single woman before she got married on the Friday. Oh my gosh. Which was, yeah, it was really lovely. She put on a hell of a show. Yeah, it was great. Uh, on top of that, I've been a social butterfly. Um, <laughs> shout out to Sarah Thomas Gordon on your nuptials this weekend. I am day two hungover today um, <laughs> for how much I did consume at the wedding. But yeah, I went to the most beautiful wedding of two people I've known for a decade. And yeah, recovering it from it today. So if you do hear a lot of slurps today, it is from a huge gallon of coffee i have next to me <laughs> um powering through it it's all good you're doing well you're doing well just going back to uh obviously yeah huge congrats to to sarah who we both know but from what i've seen it looked like it looked gorgeous it looked absolutely lovely she looks stunning as well yes queen but uh going back to the the charity work that you do and obviously with derby uni so i mean we've both been through Derby Uni, haven't we, um, yeah. as students? Absolutely. So, is it a fairly recent thing that they've started doing then now? There was, yeah, there was a society, but there was never support. Like, mm. I wanted somebody to know that there was, there was people who had my back and I could go and talk to and allies, basically. Yeah, and I wanted queer allies. I didn't want just a load of people just being like, "Yes, I've read about the LGB and T." Um, <laughs> But no, and so yeah, that's what I wanted to get there. I'm, 
I have a lot of projects lined up for it as well, which I'm really excited about. If anybody wants to go and check out Derbyshire LGBT Plus on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, uh, please do. Uh, we are a charity. We receive no statutory funding. So if you do want to chuck a nice little donation our way as well, uh, you can keep me in a job. So thank you. Win, win, win. You heard it here <laughs> first, folks. I can't name them by name for you know for privacy reasons, but I was very, very touched the other day when a service user came over to me and said i really love the podcast and i was like <laughs> what and so it turns out they were already a fan of super freak media and then they were listening to the podcast and they were like That's oh god Leah. really this this podcast like, yeah this podcast so oh. you know who you are um i see you every every week so shout out to you i'd try and give you a cool pseudonym but i can't think of one you know who you are thank you <laughs> well, thank you as as well. The response has been great from that first episode, um, and it's uh, it, it's lovely to to see because obviously it is it is a bit different from the usual sort of stuff that I suppose we've put out there historically. I, I will say I had so much fun editing that episode. Like you know, just finding like sound bites and just just little bits, and I, I don't know. I, I think it was it was good fun, um, and we we've had a few people as well message me. Um, saying that they want to be on it so oh perfect. hopefully as as we kind of go on uh, we'll be getting some guests and stuff together getting some uh, other people on here but yeah I'm, I'm excited it seems to be seems to be going well um yeah now i've cursed great. it uh, we'll, we'll end the podcast oh, there uh, <laughs> well speaking of curses um they're kind of things that witches do and i'm oh god these segues are awful um <laughs> this month's episode is all about hocus pocus one of the greatest films of all time, um, which is getting a sequel that's currently being worked on, which for years there was that really shy edit going around Facebook and it's like, the witch is back. Oh. And it was that really awful photo that looked like it was like Times Square. Yes. It was like... Yes. Pic- like God, I'd almost art. forgot about that. You, you yeah. brought it back into my memory. <laughs> And it gets shared every year on Facebook, and it's just like, oh. Right, one of my biggest gripes in the world, actually, is people who share fake movie posters <laughs> that are obviously... The, the one that's doing the rounds at the moment that I keep seeing is Beetlejuice 2. It's just <sighs> Winona Ryder, like, Photoshop to hell, and just stripes <laughs> behind her, and they're basically just like, yeah, this is the new film. And you just, oh. I don't know. I know people... I know not everyone is into films and movies, so I think... I don't know. There's, there's some artists out there who create stuff that looks legit, but, but also you have eyes. <laughs> you, you have <laughs> yeah. eyes. You can see that. You can see that it's literally Word Microsoft Art Paint. 1998. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear. But uh, yeah, we've got a legit sequel on the way. I think it's heading to Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, right. Disney Plus. Um, they're currently building the set for it at the moment, and it's very bare bones. But I'm I'm so excited. It's the fact that everybody's coming back to yeah makes me really happy. It wouldn't be a sequel without at least the Sanderson sisters being the original yeah. cast. I know I, that I there was. I think there was a time where they were going to almost do like a reboot of it, and they were mm. going to completely recast the sisters, all of it. And I can remember seeing that and just being like, hundred percent, no, I'm out. I'm not even." Okay, before we get into it, then, yeah, if you were, if you know, touched, I don't think touchstone or even a thing now, <laughs> but they they came up to you and was like, "Hi, Super Freak Media, you get to create Hocus Pocus too, or yeah. the reboot, actually." 
but you've got to recast the Sanderson sisters. Hmm. It's a tough one because, I mean, the opportunity is great. And also I'm a mm-hmm. huge fan of Hocus Pocus. But I think as a fan of Hocus Pocus, you'd have to kind of be like, well, it isn't yeah. <laughs> that without them. I think they're as much of as, as what makes that work. You, I'd yeah. add Miriam Margulies in there. I started to cream in my knickers. <laughs> she plays Miriam Margulies. <laughs> she, she is just a real-life witch. Honestly, the amount of times I see uh, clips of her, mainly, I think, on Graham Norton, just mm-hmm. absolutely just saying the most <laughs> inappropriate stuff. Ice, I absolutely ice, love her. Hey love her so so much i don't know I, i'm glad that it's going the way that it's going and f- like you said the the set pictures and things that we're seeing it's looking promising so hopefully we're on to a winner how did you first stumble upon hocus pocus because obviously this is a big film for you so mm-hmm. was it when you were quite young or what, what yeah happened? i was very young and i was thinking about it a lot when we were watching i was like the film that i remember as a child mm-hmm as I got an older, was completely different to the film that I watch now. But that's purely because there was a subplot I invented as a child. <laughs> um, okay, just, interesting. It just isn't real, and it really feels like one of those Mandela effects. <laughs> so the subplot in my um, head was that Alison was in on the, like, a witch. It comes from the line... And in my head as a kid, I was just like, yeah, she's a witch, and then invented this whole subplot where she... She was, like, behind Max lighting the candle. She was the one to spur him on. Yep. So I was like, what a genius child I was. (laughs) Iridocyclitis. I think you're onto something there, to be honest. Absolutely. Because, I mean, yeah, she's she's the one who tells them about the museum and Mm -hmm. takes them there. And I I don't know, she's she's kind of a bit, like, need I say too passionate? when, When Max, she gives the number back to Max... She puts a hood up and she's got a full-on witch's hood. She's a witch. She's a witch. She's a witch. How do you know she is a witch? She looks like one! <laughs> You've spoiled uh, yeah. it now. Um, I remember watching it on ITV. And they. I remember that because they put ad breaks in really weird places. Um, <laughs> and also, I didn't know, until I was like a teenager, I didn't know the hanging scene was, was in yeah. there because they edited that out for primetime TV. But... It was, I remember watching it and as a very gay camp child, I was like, this is a very gay camp film. There's no one, there's no one explicitly gay in this, but this, this is the gayest thing I've ever seen. Um, Yas Queen, Skinny Legend, Versace Boots, The House Down, Slay Queen, Hunty Mama and Oop Daddy Work, Charlie X, yes, snatch my wig. <laughs> um, obviously, I think with, with most queer people, it was the musical number. I put a spell on you. That is everything. So, yeah, I remember just being transfixed on it and I would just quote it all the time. Yeah. And a lot of other kids, like, I think that was how I knew other gay people existed was that's how my gaydar worked at first. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're reciting Hocus Pocus back to me. They're gay. You are gay. If they weren't, they were straight. There we go. I found the litmus test of being gay when I was a kid. <laughs> this is like therapy. The amount of like things I'm discovering about myself now. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty That's pretty uh, impressive. I mean, I will say, I don't know if this is going to shock you, but I didn't actually watch Hocus Pocus until I was in uni. So oh. I was, I think I was 19 when I first watched oh this. Oh my days. Nope. There's a funny story to it because um, one of my friends, when I was at school and like we're talking primary school and I'm showing my age, she lent me a couple of VHS tapes. 
one of them was Scooby Doo, um, the the live action Scooby Doo, oh. and then the other one was was Hocus Pocus. And considering who I am like now, as in I make horror films, and literally nothing can disgust me or scare me or anything, my mum was so protective about like the things <laughs> I used to watch, like to the point I, I I wasn't able to watch like the Men in Black animated series when I was oh, a wow. kid because it was too scary. I mean, because it was shit. <laughs> I and and she yeah she she was like no you're not watching you're not watching these these films because I think she thought that there was like this big scene where they like ripped a tongue out of a child or something and and i mean i was like me she invented a whole subplot i think (laughs) i mean i'm not gonna lie like when i associated something so much scarier with that film for so many years before actually then as i said checked it out when i was at at uni and it was it was one of those spare of the moment purchases as well i can remember it was like you know when you're in hmv and it's like oh you can get another dvd for 2.99 it was just there because it was halloween and i was Mm -hmm. like do you know what let's just do it let's watch it and when i tell you that my life has never been the same since i mean my life has never been the same (laughs) because you're damn right it's it's one of the campest films i've i've ever seen but it works it's it's so good i think part of the reason why that is is because uh kenny ortega is a just one of the greats like Mm -hmm. great director great great choreographer yep has worked with some legends i mean michael jackson gloria estefan um, mm-hmm. just just fantastic also found out so one of my favorite films of all times is one of the worst films ever made and it's xanadu, xanadu. and it turns out <laughs> kenny ortega choreographer uh, choreographed it and so it turns out he's been behind some of my favorite like dirty dancing i was um, gonna say you know how you said that your hocus focus is your film that you probably watch the most dirty dancing is very much mine oh. um anytime it's on tv i have to watch it to the end um and it doesn't matter how many times i've seen it and it is kind of weird that he has been involved in in both yeah i was i was kind of blown away at just how much he has been behind like it's it's yeah. insane high school musical we're breaking we're well. yeah i mean right. yeah <laughs> i mean talking about that obviously we'll get into kind of maybe more about the legacy of, of hocus pocus in a, in a bit but i in uh, earlier today i watched the 25th anniversary like special that they did um mm. at the hollywood cemetery and vanessa hudgens obviously was on that I'm not the biggest Vanessa Hudgens fan anyway, but... So it, into Bogan right now. <laughs> it was kind of a reunion of sorts for them because involvement in High School Musical and then, of course, uh, reuniting, obviously, for that. So, yeah, he's a very, very talented chap, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, it, it's a staple for me, I think, throughout the year, but obviously very much at this time of year, like September, October, I'll probably watch it at least three times yeah. before Halloween comes around. So, um, I mean, the amount of times I've watched it for this um, <laughs> is probably quite normal to, to yep. me because I will watch it quite a few more times this month. Yep. Um, I'll be quoting it all month. I'll be quoting it all year, to be fair. I was going to say, um, there's, there's no... Uh, I don't think there's a expiry on when you can quote Hocus Pocus. One thing I want to quickly talk about, because obviously this is a horror podcast, and yep. when you say horror... that you. Hocus Pocus isn't the first thing that would pop into your mind, but I feel like as a, as a gateway to horror, yeah, and um, I feel like this does it very well. I mean, it. I think this may have been my gateway to horror because it was witches, 
there was zombies yeah and um from that this was the film that made me obsessed with witches so from here i then watched a very different witchy horror film which is the craft which is yeah I mean, there are similarities. Then, then that <laughs> led me into obviously Neve Campbell's in that. So then that led me to Scream, and then yeah. I think this may have been the gateway into horror for the me. The thing that started it all for you. Yeah, I think you know when you like look into it as well. It was it was made by Disney, so I think there was going to be certain limitations to it in terms of how scary it could be in places. Mm-hmm. But I think when they initially conceptualised it, it was going to be a whole lot darker than it yeah. it turned out to be. I mean, it was released with uh, under Touchstone, wasn't it, rather than mm-hmm. Disney, who um, they did that with Nightmare Before Christmas. They were like, yeah. oh, it's, it's a bit too... Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah, let's not plonk Mickey Mouse yeah. at the front of this one. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think uh, as well, I think that film led me on to other films kind of, a, a bit more recently you know from disney and even yeah i don't know more kind of like classic uh halloween films like the halloween tree and uh, halloween town for example all those sorts of things like i never checked out as a kid and i think like you said i probably would have had a really different way of watching it if i if i'd have seen it at a young age uh, and grown up with it as to kind of now but I don't know. I think just because they were made in the 90s and and obviously this film was back in 93, it just it's just so packed full of nostalgia, isn't it that film? It um, really is. It is it's it's awesome. I I really really liked how you did this on the last episode, so I'll I'll ask you again, oh, but you for the people <laughs> The people at home who haven't seen the film, do you want to give us a bit of a brief overview as to actually what happens in in Hocus Pocus? Okay, strap yourselves (laughs) in. The film opens. uh, We're in the woods. And we're like, what are we doing in the woods? Um, So we find out why. We see a child running and we hear, come on, child. (laughs) Just off screen. Uh, We come in. There's three women surrounding a little girl, and they're, like, quite ugly. Ugly? <gasps> okay. Oh, honey. Oh, I know. She's not my family. She's jealous. She's not even told me. By society standards, I happen to think they all look beautiful, but that's because, as a gay man, those three women are always going to be beautiful to me. <laughs> anyway, jumping back into it, turns out uh, they're all bloody witches. Um, <laughs> they're getting a potion. They want to... Suffer life out of all. Children in so they whip up a potion to drain this little girl. Sarah turns around. And that's when I formed a deep attachment to this character. Um, <laughs> and then turns out the sister who's just died, uh, the little girl, her brother's there. And he's like, you can't be doing that. <laughs> what do you think you're playing at? And they're like... <laughs> Who do you think you are, lad? So then they're just like, okay, boom, you're a cat. Naturally. Bang, bang, bang at the door. The townsfolk of Salem are like, we've had enough of this now. We're going to hang you. Before they do that, book opens. (laughs) And it's like, oh, there's a nice curse here. Um, Why don't you use that? Like, oh, yeah, I'll use that curse. If a virgin lights a candle, um, we'll come back to life, so... We'll just pop to hell for a quickie. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a drink. We'll go see Master and we'll come back. <laughs> Flash forward 300 years. Right down to the day. <laughs> <laughs> we see California laid back dude, Max Dennison, freshly moved into Salem. 
is learning about the Sanderson sisters at school. He's like, it's a bunch of hocus pocus. He then gets schooled by um, a young lady called Alison. Max tries to flirt with her. She's like, nah, nah. I'm all right, lad. Um, <laughs> so then Max goes home. On the way home, he gets confronted by some bullies who steal his shoes. Goes home. He's in a mood. His sister comes out. Boo! Alison, Alison, kiss me, I'm Alison. Um, his sister really idolizes a brother, but he's too cool for her now. So chaos ensues. He's forced to take a trick-or-treating. They go trick-or-treating. They end up at Alison's house. Alison's like, what are you doing here? And they're like, you've got a big cauldron full of sweets. I mean, what else are we going to do? <laughs> what else are we doing? <laughs> so then they're like, okay, why don't we check out that Sanderson house? And the little sister's just like, Danny's like, no. <laughs> The voice of reason, no. And he's like, come on, I really want to impress this girl with the nice yabos. And it's like, oh, okay. Okay, so they go. Plot twist, Max is a virgin, which is spoken about a lot for a children's film. It really is. <laughs> Max lights the black flame candle. The witches come back. They all run off. The witches are like, oh, God, it's been 300 years. We should whip up that potion again. Oh, wait, that kid's stolen a book. So they're on the run. This cat's like, hey, <laughs> follow me like did that cat just talk and they're like yeah my cat talks okay so the cat is Thackeray Binks <laughs> he basically gives them a rundown of everything we've seen already yeah and then they're like oh we need to, to fight the witches I'm just going to fast forward some stuff. They get to a party where all the parents are tonight. I think literally everyone in Salem is in that party. But yeah, yeah. It, it seems that way, doesn't it? It's pretty, um, pretty off the chain. No one says that, but yes. <laughs> oh, wait, before that, actually, um, Winnie sets her ex-boyfriend, a zombie, a butcher boy called Billy on them. So he's chasing them. So imagine all this is happening. There's also a zombie after them. Bloody hell. Absolute um, chaos get to the party they're like mum dad these witches are trying to kill me ah! and mum's just like how much candy have you had honey <laughs> mum this is a vital part of the plot mum's dressed as Madonna from the Blonde Ambition Tour oh, 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 oh. comb bra and everything looks fantastic <laughs> the witches turn up and everyone's like <gasps> and Max is like there they are get them thank you Max for that marvellous introduction we have a musical number the kids then trick the witches into going into an oven <laughs> it doesn't work they come back and they're like right let's go home for a kip the witches are dead the witches aren't dead sarah the booby witch the booby gathers witch. all the children in salem again use thy voice sarah fill the sky bring the little brats to die <laughs> puts a spell on all the kids in salem through a another musical number oh where are we I got I got distracted by booby witch. I mean, I it happens. Of, it there happens. we go. I was thinking of boobs and got distracted. This is a first for the there queer pucker. Um, <laughs> oh my god, Liam! Then, <laughs> Kelly Rowland turns up. Freddy! No, wait, that's another. <laughs> They're then just like, there's the final showdown. Turns out Billy isn't a, a bastard. He's quite nice. He's on the good side. They all can have a big showdown at a cemetery. Manage to stop the witches from. Suck in the lives of curse on the cat boy is lifted he walks off into the sunset with his dead sister everybody's got tears in their eyes the end there should be more dost thou comprehend i think you 
pretty much nailed it again. A, a few things that I absolutely love about this film. One, yes. the fact that it opens with the witches actually killing a child. Yes. <laughs> I mean... Goals. <laughs> I think it's very bold. And like you said, obviously we then cut to that hanging scene, which is on the face of it quite morbid, but is still it somehow is, fabulous. Like, I really... Again, I didn't see that until I was about... 12 or 13 when i started to get my own like pocket money and i managed to buy it on dvd for myself and <laughs> i was like i never remember this scene and i watched it and i was like actually this scene's camp as well because there's a there's a musical number in that as well <laughs> oh, i mean and it, it has some of the best jokes as well yep a hundred percent the humor is just top tier and this is this is why it's fantastic the humor in this it's one of those films where it's like there's jokes for everyone like as a kid there are jokes for you but if if the parents are watching it with you you're like okay yeah i get these jokes as well and as i've grown up i'm just been like every single line in this i think is gold i wouldn't Mm -hmm. have cut a single line from this I think that's it. That's what makes it so quotable as well, is the fact that, I, I, I don't know, I, I put it on just while I was doing like some stuff earlier today, because it, it's a film I'm obviously very, very familiar with. I can I, I was literally hearing bits and then just saying it out loud, because I just knew what was coming next. And it really <laughs> is that, you know, like when you get up uh, for like work one day and it's lovely outside, but you've got to get up and go to work. In my head... I am Bette Midler just going, oh, look, another glorious morning. Makes me sick. (laughs) That's it. And then I'm set for the day. I I love the fake out as well. The fact that they think that they've defeated the witches. And then Mm -hmm. I don't feel like, you know, when they they enter the Max's house, well, his like bedroom where he's got literally Mm -hmm. a whole top floor, like lighthouse looking situation. That house, I'm like, you're moaning about moving to Salem and you get like... (laughs) A full-on lighthouse for a bedroom. Get a grip. <laughs> Good guy, get a grip, girl. It is incredible. But the way Drop that they it. just blow it up when they... <laughs> 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 I think one of the great things which makes it incredibly camp is the entrances and exits that the witches make yeah. wherever they go. One of my favourite entrances of the witches is after they've actually... We've had the fake out of their, their yep. death and then there's something like... Hello. <laughs> and it's like, hello, I want my book. Bonjour. I don't know the French, but it's some bleh, bleh, mon I think bibliotech's in there somewhere, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One of the, so I'm going to... I just really want to touch on what I think. Like, I can't talk about this film without talking about the, the three main witches. Yeah. I mean, they really cast this really wonderfully. I mean... I think that part of the reason why so many queer people resonate so much with this is they cast two people who were already huge gay icons yep. with Bette Midler and Kathy Najimy. Kathy uh, Najimy has always been outspoken for our community, mm-hmm. yep. has been a huge pioneer in speaking up for us. Bette Midler has been a gay icon since the moment she probably took her first breath. And <laughs> then, I mean, Sarah Jessica Parker wasn't, unknown at the time but relatively she was like she had first wives club um, she wasn't yet sarah jessica parker yeah. was she she wasn't well, that hot household name become like 
I would I would argue until my face is blue that she is a gay icon. And if anyone out there disagrees, then go and listen to another podcast. Bye bye. Bye bye. And I think as well that because obviously they play on the mother maiden crone archetypes that have always been in witch witch culture. Yeah. Portrayals of witches. Yeah. And but I think all gay men can resonate at one point in their life with a witch. I mean, you've got, like, your early teens, late 20s, your Sarah, and your boy Mad, and can I put him on a hook and let me play with him? <laughs> I've said that on Grinder so many times. I, I mean, Yeah, every Saturday <laughs> night, really, but yeah. <laughs> and then you've got the stage in your life where you're the mother, so you'll be Mary, and, you, you know, you become the mum friend who's a yeah. bit dozy, but, like, you know, means good, and then I'm at the. St- I've skipped the Mary stage, and I'm straight at my Winifred stage. Straight up crone, <laughs> straight up bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Even when, like, yeah, just bitter about everything. <laughs> Wants to scream at children. I mean, I think you've answered my question. I was going to ask you which uh, which character you identified most with, but I, I don't know. I think pretty much everyone has a yeah. bit of Winifred in them, don't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. I am calm. <laughs> <laughs> if I could go through my life just with one day of being as effortlessly cool as Winifred Sanderson, I think uh, I'd be on to a winner, to be honest. As I said, the casting as well. It's just like the comedic timing in this is something else. Yeah. And if you've ever watched like The Making Of, mm-hmm. or if you do watch the, the anniversary special, you can just tell that they had so much fun. Yeah filming this and all the cast have always spoke like been outspoken on how much love they have for this film yeah and talking about like the witches kenny ortega did say that they were all three witches were inspired by drag queens which really i didn't know if that it isn't, if it isn't abundant yet he said um the pleasure of hocus pocus i mean they're drag queens i insisted <laughs> the girls go there and i felt we had an audience if they did and god knows we did <laughs> that's kind like... of crazy isn't it and i mean it, it, you know thinking about that then because i mean i suppose at the time it wouldn't have been i don't know if in your face is the right thing to say but so out there it's like you know like now particularly obviously from disney every other film we get it's like oh this is the featuring the first openly gay character this yeah. is featuring a queer character and i mean here back in 93 we had a film which yeah like you said there's no characters in it that are explicitly gay queer whatever but it is really really camp and it's i mean so it's camp. It, yeah. it, like you said they i mean they are practically drag queens mm-hmm. uh, from the costumes the wigs the oh, prosthetics geez. everything it's it's something else it's crazy i'd argue that one character is gay in it a thackeray binks i think is a gay man do you think I really do think so. I think it's because I had a crush on him. As I was going to say, is that you saying you think him he is or that you're hoping oh my he God, is? I had such a crush on Max. <laughs> I mean, he's grown up to be a fine looking man now, but back in the day, I feel weird now talking about how sexy he, he was to me, but I'm talking about how sexy I used to find him. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. it's appropriate because you would have been now. of the right age yeah. at the time. But he was like a huge... <laughs> a huge part of my sexual awakening he really was but i really a big part of that as well is this was like this is the first time i ever heard i think maybe have heard the word virgin mm-hmm. 
I, I had to ask what a virgin was because of this film. So that was like incredible. Educational. <laughs> but as a grown up, I think I've I've found like I've found something in Hocus Pocus like as an older person now than I ever did back then. Like the way that it does toy with gender roles as a film. You know, you've got like the the pure innocent virginal character being a man, yeah, and having that being so explicit and absolutely, yeah. You know, it is played for a laugh at one point, but it's just like when you really think about it and then you've got like Alison does take on the role of you know the male love interest Mm -hmm. historically as being the one with all the answers and yeah you know being the brave one yeah Yeah, I I mean I don't think I've I've ever really looked at it that way and I mean you're absolutely right it is a complete 180 I suppose of what we'd come to expect and I mean I know that we've said um already it's not explicitly the horror I mean it has elements of the genre but it's not it's not the scariest it definitely still, as you said, still has to have those elements that are pulled through, the mm-hmm. things that we expect from the representations of, of witches in films and, and that whole dynamic with young adults. Because I think it is also, it's very much a coming-of-age film. It deals with a lot of, like, heavy stuff. You've got you've got death in there. You've got the the talk or, or, or suggestion of sexuality and, and all of this kind of going yeah. on in the background. Um, and I, I think, yeah, it, it treads that line perfectly because it is still very much a disney family film that you could put in front of i'd argue anyone of any age and they'd enjoy it Mm -hmm. in spooky season another gay awakening for me (laughs) and i'm really hate to admit this were the bullies oh no oh no ice but the one who looks a little bit like kurt cobain see i see steve tyler more than anyone Oh yeah! Oh my god! Even better. I used to fantasize. <laughs> I mean, I still fantasize. I mean, I will argue. I had. It, it, <laughs> I no. I, I, I don't think I can oh, agree no, I with had. you on this. We all love a bad boy, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> I actually came across a TikTok the other day where they were talking about how scared they were of Ben Midler on set <laughs> because it was somewhere there in the um, general, like the little cages. Yep. One of them had a camera on him. And took a photo and the flash went off. And apparently Beth Midler went on about how it was like unprofessional. But she said it with like a glint in her eye and winked at him. And then he was like, I've just been told off by one of Hollywood's greats. I've just like, been told off by Beth Midler. <laughs> yeah. in, in Winifred Sanderson's costume as well. <laughs> How many gay men would keep an arm just for that? <laughs> As you said, obviously, with the cast uh, and everything, they they all look back on it quite fondly. But I think we've we've also got to talk about the fact that when the film came out at the time, it was very much a flop. It it was not well received at all. I flop. It was <laughs> literally. It was. I think it was only really in the last ten years or so that it's really elevated itself to that cult status. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd kind of say, in some ways, I kind of see it almost becoming a bit like a modern day. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, like with the fact that we still have these yearly screenings of it. You see the uh-huh. costumes everywhere now. It is so quotable. People sing the songs, all of that stuff. I, I'm mm-hmm. not saying it is on the level of that, but it is. It's kind of in that that region of pop culture. To it me. really is. Yeah. I mean, um, you um, 
Disney have started to embrace it a lot more now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they included it in um, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party on the stage. Well, I wanted to talk to you about that because both me and you, obviously separately, not not together. Let's not start any rumours here. Um, <laughs> we both we've both been to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party in Orlando, haven't uh-huh. we? Yeah, I trick I went trick or treating around there dressed as Peter Pan with tights. <laughs> Amazing. With tights. Amazing. I had a sword fight with Captain Hook. <laughs> That's not a euphemism as well. I generally had like a, a plastic sword fight with him. But if it was Hook from the Once Upon a Time show, I'd have a, had a bit of a different sword fight with him. Party. Listening back on last month's episode, I was like, God, I'm quite a thirsty person when I'm talking. But I edited out so much. That, that's all I need to say to you. There is so much more that I could have kept in there. And I was like, for Liam's protection, I'm going to... I'm gonna keep this. I'm great. <laughs> but yeah, we we both have attended um, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party with the the people they get to do. Oh the my witches, god, fantastic! Particularly Winifred is just it's unbelievable. I mean, I had to rub my eyes to make sure that it wasn't actually. They, I mean, they sound the same. They look really yeah. good. Um, I mean, the last time I went was back in 2018. And I think that would have been, yeah, it was the year of the 25th anniversary. So I think they were a bit more into it because obviously they knew that it was yeah. like, this is a special anniversary. And um, I'm not going to lie. I was very happy that I got blown a kiss by from the uh, the woman who was playing Sarah. I was like, I can die oh. happy now. Uh, You're right. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, it's like the fact that there is like this show now and yeah. like, I don't know, There's yeah, a decade or so. Well. They they release merch yearly. I mean, it's not mm. it's not fantastic. But there's like, when you go into the Disney store, I mean, not anymore, RIP Disney store. Oh my God, down, yeah. But, um, what's going on with that? Have they all just closed or what? Yeah, apparently so. Oh, Jeez. It's not like they're hard up for money, so... Yeah, do you know um, what I mean? Like, you can they're the ones little... that you'd expect to just yeah. stay there no matter what. Absolutely. <laughs> but they um, they have the little push figures of them. Do you know when like, you used to go in and it used to be all the cuddly toys? Yeah. You can get the Sanderson sisters. I mean, I'd, I'd want that as a chat. I want them now, actually. Um, <laughs> but, um, to yeah, and you can get a mug. You can get a mug now. Like, everybody owns a Disney mug. Yeah. Like, somehow. Somehow everyone owns a Disney mug, and they do a Hocus Pocus one now. And it's just like, there's. I'm so glad that Disney are reclaiming it. I'm so glad they knew how beloved this is that they were like, yeah, if we make a sequel, they yeah. will come. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, I think I'm a little bit gutted. It's obviously, I don't think it's going to be at the cinemas, is it? It is going to be a straight to streaming. But I suppose the way that things are at the moment, even the cinema kind of. Uh, ready films are still then going straight to streaming so i think that that also plays on the cult status of it i mean think of how many like watch parties there's going to be and yeah people dressing up to to come together and watch it and then as i said it's it's then got that rocky horror vibe to it where it's like like everybody dresses up to go hocus pocus if that turns into a thing i want to do a yearly screening of hocus pocus somewhere that would be that would be ace that would be really good we're we're gonna have to get together when uh, when the sequel comes out for sure, um, but I think it is it is important to obviously yeah remember where where it kind of came from and the journey that it's been on because I think that's what makes that film so so special. I mean even just looking 
I had like a quick gander online and the film itself, the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes is 38%, which is one of the <laughs> lowest I've ever seen of any film. Good and, Lord. But the audience score is 71%. So you can see uh, yeah. that, yeah, on the mm-hmm. face of it, it's not a film that reinvents the wheel or offers a lot of new things, I guess, but it's so, so popular and a whole generation have grown up with this kind of being a staple of their yearly like Halloween routine, haven't they now? I think the whole idea of something becoming a cult classic is very typical of our community. It's we will take something yep. and we will breathe new life into it and give it this status. I mean, if you look at, I don't know, you look at classes like, like I will mention another Kenny Ortega film. I will mention Xanadu. Yeah. Xanadu is panned universally but gay men will <laughs> flock towards it yeah it's got olivia newton john it's in the 80s it's got like roller skates in, yeah roller <laughs> skates men in skin tight clothing um kenny will take it being an out man a, an out and proud man um yeah yeah you can you can tell of he had making this yeah, and that's why he's like, yeah, you can. I put all my gay into this, and yeah. I think that's why we all see that, I, and I definitely see it. I mean, as soon as as soon as I read that, oh yeah, the Sanderson sisters are inspired by drag queens. I mean, of course. I mean, it just makes sense, doesn't I it? Could yeah, see div- I can see so much divine in. Yeah, I can see divine and Jackie Beat in Winifred Sanderson. I'm a huge Jackie Beat fan. I think that's what it was with me as a kid. I want, like, I have always looked for the gay in it. That's part of why this podcast exists. Uh, I think that's why it resonated so much with me as a child. Because I was like, I was this very camp, wild, out there child. And I had a film that really encapsulated that as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see in this sequel obviously that we're getting if they lean a little bit into the campness even more or if obviously with how things are if there is going to be did you see the rumors that have been flying about in the last two years about it like there was this whole if you just type in Pocus Pocus Google thousand and one results will show Hocus Pocus sequel may have same sex main characters like love interest main characters, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Make Danny a lesbian, please do. I mean, yeah, I, I I can see that. I can see that happening. I mean, well, on the subject of Danny, I think I've just got to <laughs> I've got to say, do you like the character of Danny, or do you not like the character so, of Danny? Grubbing up, hated her. I have. I see. She's such. I think Thora Birch played it was such nuance that was so like strange for a child actor i think because i again i've said famously that me and children don't really get on like (laughs) young young children yeah but danny i'm like my kid was uh, cool like that i'd appreciate it yeah see i think i'm in the the party of no (laughs) i really mean i did i really did wish she'd die so they may live but (laughs) don't get me wrong (laughs) i really wish she did die at the end but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I'd go <laughs> that far and wish death upon her, but I, d- I don't know. It's kind of just, yeah, she's just hella annoying. The way she just it's screams bit... and, and I don't oh, know, God, embarrasses Max. It's... I just, I'd say that that's 
that scene where she's like, Alison, Alison, kiss me, Alison. I'm like, that's a bit odd. Saying it's that to very, your brother. very odd. Yeah. <laughs> I, I recently watched a film that she was in when she was a bit older um, called The Hole. It, um, it just landed on Netflix again. You know, the, I yes. don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. it, the one with Keira Knightley. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I watched that like when I was a lot younger. I probably actually watched that film before I watched Hocus Pocus, which is weird. But again, <laughs> obviously, spoiler alert in that she's she's not the most likable character. No. And I, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, with things like that, it always makes me think it's like how, how obviously you've got like Emma Roberts. She always plays a bitch in American Horror yeah. Story, Scream Queens, all of that. <laughs> you kind of think, is she being cast because she is just that person? <laughs> or is she Hollywood? Is she Hollywood's annoying child? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you, yeah. I don't know. I get a similar sort of vibe with Thor Birch, but I, I imagine, I mean, I hope we obviously get to see a lot of familiar faces in this new one. I think I that's really hope other than the witches, obviously, but yeah. I really hope we get as much Sarah Jessica Parker cleavage. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, as we closed, obviously, the last episode, you said that you had like a special relationship, do I want to say, with, with oh her my, character so, and oh. particularly her costume? Yeah. <laughs> Growing up, we had this purple velvet um, throw in our house. <laughs> And I, used I see to, where this is going already. I used to, t- like, take the shoulders out of my T-shirt and put it just underneath my nipples, push my boobs together and put the purple thing around me and sing Come Little Children. And imagine this, like, little eight-year-old giving a full-on drag performance. <laughs> little children, I'll take thee away. Like... Give it as much cleavage as you can at eight years old. <laughs> and, yeah. So every time I see Sarah now, I think of me. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can see it. I mean, you're practically the same person. Um, yeah. Get rid of the beard Boys. and I think you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one thing. As Oh, my day. So me and my friend uh, growing up, when we, when we were about teenagers, we used to go to the skate park drinking. And um, every time I see an attractive boy I'd be like bullies constantly <laughs> it's it's literally part of my vernacular now that's it you, you've just you, you've become I, I think I think we'd be lying if I don't know I feel like a lot of of queer people particularly obviously as you said gay men they are an amalgamation of those three characters absolutely but I have a weird crush on Billy Billy really I don't know what it is yeah, I used to have a thing for Billy, and I still do. Was it the, Doug the Jones, stitched up mouth? I don't find attractive, but I do love Doug Jones, just an incredible yeah. human being. But Billy, I used to be like, oh, okay. That, again, that was like a big break for, for him. When you think about everything he's done since, mm. that was like one of the first things, wasn't it, that Fantastic. he was a part Incredible of. actor. Mm. And it's oh, like just... you said, such a he seems to be such a like genuine guy. Like I mean, even when I've tagged him on stuff on Instagram, um, because I'm a, a, a huge fan of him, he's liked the mm-hmm. post or he's oh. I don't know replied to comments. And I mean, he's a friggin' Oscar winner. Like, yeah, the way that oh, just this is going to turn into a love letter to Doug Jones. The, I mean, I'm fine with that. To nobody be does physicality like Doug Jones does physicality. Like. Yes, like every character he plays has like a, such like nuance in the way that they move. Yeah, like, I just I don't I can, I can barely walk up the stairs with any sort of grace and decorum. <laughs> so I'm like, same. Or, <laughs> oh, 
yeah he's he's incredible i think you know like a lot of people would go for like the great like thespians like traditional like Mm -hmm. names that they'd be like oh i really want to work with these people one day but doug jones is someone that i would absolutely love to work with particularly obviously in a horror capacity i just think it'd be fantastic he's such a talented performer absolutely i really i'm sure he would but i really hope because they need to bring Billy back for the sequel. Yeah, they he's going to be there. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah, kind of maybe let's close things up then with Hocus Pocus. Um, but the the only other thing that I think we, we haven't mentioned, I don't know if, if you will have seen it or, or read it, was have you read the sequel book uh, at all? No, I haven't. It, it's one of those things where, because it was made so many years after the fact, it's just it's just one of those things where I've never... I know it's there, and one day I'll probably go to it, but it's not... I don't want anything tainting yeah. any sort of memory I have about I've got to say, I think I'm pretty much the same. I think... I don't know. We Like, I agree with you. The film ends, and you're very much hungry for more. Like, you want to see more. And I know yeah. when we spoke about Fight Night, they expanded, sorry, that mythos a bit in the comic books. Uh, and, of course, you had the sequel mm-hmm. films. But this one, although there was that book there, I, I haven't... I haven't gone for it um, just because no. I don't know. I, I don't feel like it. I, I I think I was deep down. I knew we were going to get a sequel. I think I kind of knew because mm-hmm. everyone was posting about it so much every year and the response to obviously the anniversary, yeah. all of that. I was kind of like, I'm going to hedge my bets and hold out for this sequel. And I don't know this time next year, we'll probably be able to sit down and get together and talk about that when it's just dropped. So that's exciting, yeah, isn't it? I cannot wait. Right. Yeah, cannot wait. What would you do to make this film gayer? I mean, there's a lot that was, is with, pretty without, gay without already. Gay person there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, other than other than that. Um, I mean, I've, I've got to say, I do appreciate the fact that they do all pretty much explode into glitter at the end. I mean, that's yes, probably yes. one of the most fabulous things ever. I think. It's not necessarily more of a gay thing, but I think I would have just liked more magic. I know that sounds silly, but yeah, because when we do see the flourishes, they're so camp and just so spectacular. <laughs> I, I want more. I want Bette Midler throwing lightning bolts across every scene, if possible. And I wouldn't be opposed to there being more of a more musical numbers in there because they're fantastic. That's, that was going to be my yeah. That was going to be my point. I think. It would have been daft of them to have a film with Bette Midler in and not get her to sing because... I imagine that was probably on the contract. She was like, I will be in this if I get this. (laughs) So, yeah. And whoever decided to choose that song in particular as well. I mean, don't get me wrong. The original's fantastic. Yeah. And I do love listening to it. But if I was to pick between the two, I have to listen to the Bette Midler version. Yeah. Every single time. And I, I really loved it plays during the uh, the closing credits as well that's how i'd make it gayer book would have a voice book? And he'd be voiced. <laughs> yeah but he'd he'd be voiced by who's some, someone small in camp leslie jordan <gasps> I, uh, no, I mean I yeah leslie i could jordan get on board with that <laughs> <laughs> why don't you come on over and turn my page <laughs> really oh my god while you're turning my page <laughs> i'm about to burst <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can definitely see okay, that. I'm, yeah, because that's the only thing I could think of of making this gayer. Because it's very 
not so much gay, but it's 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 so camp. I feel like if you then add more camp to it, like all yeah. joking aside, I think you, you can cross the line. The the yeah. only other thing that I think I would kind of appreciate. And I, I think, I don't know, my mind, nostalgia, the 90s, all of it, it kind of crosses over. I don't think we can mention this film and Thackeray Binks without also talking about another talking cat that probably had quite the influence on us growing up. And that would be Salem from Sabrina the Teenage yeah. Witch. And I don't know. Clearly a gay man. I, clearly, obviously. I mean, just the levels <laughs> of sass, the fact that he's filing his nails in pretty much every <laughs> other scene is just everything. There has to be a universe where Salem and Zachary Pinks get together because they're two... And they go into some kind of, like, gay cat club because <laughs> they're so nice... They could, I don't like, know, oh I, I'd watch God. a show if they were just like private investigators or something because oh face, I think they'd yeah. make a great like pairing with both of the them. Team. Oh, that's a, that's a crossover I never knew I wanted until now. I mean, you're welcome. <laughs> I don't love that. <laughs> two sassy black cats. <laughs> Let's let people contact us and well, we'll, we'll send them My next thing to make it a bit gayer as well comes with an apology from last month's episode should I say. yeah you, I, I, um, I did hear that you had a few things you wanted to apologize for <laughs> yeah um first of all i would like to apologize that i made a promise in the inaugural episode that i would mention kelly Rowland in every episode and that it, it didn't happen last episode because i was so swept up in how hot i was for jerry yes um <laughs> but from now on um kelly Rowland, you will be mentioned if you're listening to this in some some capacity she is she definitely is um but i would to make this gayer um kelly Rowland would pop up to be like she starts walking towards max when he's wearing quite a jumper and she points (laughs) at him but then i'd like to like the sassy black cat thackeray to come on and be like wrong film wrong film wrong and she just slowly like (laughs) saunters back any film where somebody wears a ass jumper, <laughs> I'd like her to just come in. Like she just creeps in, and then somebody's like, f- for the audience at home, I'm gesturing at my throat and just be like, <laughs> and just slowly saunters out like, shit, wrong film. Wrong film. Or just someone like just drags her off the <laughs> out of the shot or <laughs> just rugby tackles or, her. Or she <laughs> like, do you know, like. Kenny in South Park, how he dies every episode. Yeah. She's just in every film and she dies. Kind of like the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> but it's yeah. just the Kelly Rowland's character from Freddy vs. Jason. I mean, to give this context as well, just we're not just saying that Kelly Rowland is homophobic. <laughs> we're just saying that her oh, character no, no. in Freddy vs. Jason, particularly the scene where she refers to Freddy Krueger's attire. What kind of faggot runs around in a Christmas sweater? Towards the end of that film um, <laughs> is controversial <laughs> in some ways. But, and I will, I will go down. I will go down with the ship, and I'll go to the grave saying. When she released Commander, she made up for it. She made up for when it. She, when she released Commander, she was like, right, I'm sorry, gays. Here you go. Here's a song that's going to get you through anything and everything. It's a good song. <laughs> a good-ass song. But I, I don't know. I feel like you've... You, you've. I feel like everything is, is fine now. It's it's well-balanced. You've apologised to the yeah. listeners. We know where we're at. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's gravy. And from now on, she's... She's going to be in every episode. Freddy! Um, we'll find her a way. 
<laughs> she's kind of like if you listen to our brother podcasts where cage corner is prevalent i mean we have we have our own kelly Rowland special but yeah i won't give it a fancy name she's <laughs> gonna creep in unexpectedly with no announcement I mean that's there in, in the middle it. of in the, <laughs> we're just talking about something irrelevant and then <laughs> I'll just edit in Kelly Rowland. Just you trying to compensate for something? <laughs> just summing things up. I think one of the things that makes this film so camp because of do you know those like bad critic scores it got. Yeah, I also think that's another reason why it's so camp because it's just like fuck your mainstream shit. Yeah. Here's one of the campest things you'll ever see, and it's not. It wasn't made for you. It was made for an entirely different audience, and that audience has now grown up to be the critics. And we're like, yeah, nah, 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 nah. absolutely. I mean, I think that's why I drew the comparisons to Rocky Horror because I can't think of many yeah. films out there that are in this sort of territory. And I mean, it is so. I mean, to be fair, the only other film that I would say is kind of similar to this, which we've. I think we mentioned before, and we've definitely got to do in another episode, would be like the likes of Death Becomes Her. Like, just that really oh, yeah. quirky, queer comedy. It's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's for a special audience, isn't it? For sure. But yeah, it we, really we, is. we yeah. definitely need to do that. That that would be a killer costume one year, Liam. We should, uh, if ever you want to partner up, we'll yeah. do that. Who would I want to be there? Would I want to be Meryl or would I want to be Goldie Horn? That's something I need to think a lot about. Well, I think I could be like Fat Goldie Horn at the moment. (laughs) But I'm I'm not too sure that I'd be able to pull off uh, the re-energised one. Talking of costumes, though, um, are you dressing up for... I mean, we're in October. Are you dressing up for Halloween this year? Have you got anything planned for the big day? Do you know what? I'm not too sure what plans are. I think... I don't know whether it's... It's going to be like a big thing, like, I don't know, parties, whether I host something, what, I, I'm not too sure what mm-hmm. the situation is. I think at the very least, I know I've got like a skeleton shirt that I can bust out on the big yeah. day if needs be. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't know. I'm just getting flashbacks to last year. I can remember it was Halloween. I was carving pumpkins, having the time of my life. And then Boris comes on the bloody TV and it's like, yeah. <laughs> you're heading into lockdown until Christmas. So, I mean, we uh, had, we had plans know. to film last year, which got, which got scrapped entirely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, it, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a weird, weird time. I mean, going back to obviously what I was saying at the start of the podcast, we, we'd been like on set of shooting stuff. It's been weird to do that. It's mm-hmm. been weird to see people. Um, and I mean, me and the, uh, the boys at Super Freak Media, we're going to go to Mayhem Film Festival, like in a couple of weeks. Oh. Um, so like that alone is kind of crazy because we've not been able to do that for a couple of years. Um, so no. I don't know. I might just dress up for my own, own enjoyment. Um, I know through lockdown last year, we had an early um, Halloween on Zoom and I dressed up as Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. which is something that I've like wanted to do <laughs> forever. So I don't know. I might do something similar. What about yourself? What what are, you, what are your plans? I'm going as a gay icon this year. Um, so... You're going as Liam James. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going as Liam James. (laughs) My friend lives next door to a barn where um, the owner kindly lets us have the barn for like parties and stuff. And it's really cool. So we're having a small gathering where we did like a 
they've got a huge projector in there and we watched Hamilton last year and and it was just like why don't we do more nights like this it's it's incredible yeah um, so we're going to watch a scary film get together and dress up so uh, a close friend of mine is going as Fairy Godmother from Shrek. C minor, put it in C minor. I'm going as her handyman, Kyle, who's only in the film for not even a minute of screen time, <laughs> but he's so camp and so gay. I'm going as Kyle from Shrek 2. I mean, who it's... has a top with his name bedazzled. It's <laughs> incredibly wait. niche, but I love it. <laughs> I love how extra oh, that, that is. That's... That goes back to um goes back to Hocus Pocus. Look at us. We'll we'll find the <laughs> the campus thing in somewhere and make it this big thing. Oh my god! Um, no. Shout out to all the Kyle lovers out there. <laughs> I'm sure. Just to uh, wrap up on all things Hocusy Pocusy. If one of these characters were to walk into the workroom on an episode of Drag Race, have you thought of a line? I'd probably got, have to go back to like my my favorite line that I quote the, most often from from hocus pocus and it would be just like i don't know oh look another season of drag race let's get sickening <laughs> that is word for word was gonna be my, word oh, for, for word God, that was my goodness sake i'm sorry i keep stealing uh stealing your same name your same mind <laughs> <laughs> well that's the podcast guys we're gonna wrap things up <laughs> i'd it'd have to be something yeah, along it, those lines i mean do, do you have a right. No, I, I didn't even have a backup because I thought genius. That's what I thought. No one else is going to think about <laughs> no if we've got thousands of people here. But yeah, yeah not, I hate to say it, I don't think we're the most anyway. original people, are we? <laughs> That's fine. Half of my half of the things I say is just quoting something else. But you know, gay rights. Gay, <laughs> gay rights. I think I'm sorry. sorry. I'm punctuating everything with gay rights at the moment, and it started off as a joke at the we- at the wedding I was at the other night, just punctuating everything with gay rights, and now it's, I feel like it's become a tick. <laughs> I, I hate that. Actually... You know when you like start saying something, and then you just suddenly realise that you just keep saying it, and you're just like, oh, for goodness yeah. sake. I think the other I, day like... I just kept saying, can you imagine? And I'm like, who am I talking to? And why am I pretending that like my life's that deep? Like... <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> in gay news, uh, more recently, I think we've had quite a few interesting things develop in the uh, queer world. Um, I know we there's have, there's one thing in particular I really want us to talk about, but, which is probably something you're going yeah, to like lead off yeah, with. But yeah. I don't know. Take it so, away. I've stolen your thunder yeah. so much already. A huge shout out to talk, when we talk about like gay icons. Yeah. This is my icon. This is the person I've not not aspired to be all my life because I don't look anything like her, but as somebody who I've looked up to for as long as I can remember, a big shout out to Cassandra Peterson slash Elvira. Not only on your 40th anniversary of Elvira, but also for coming out and letting the world know that gay rights. Gay, gay rights. <laughs> gay rights. That you have been in a relationship for the past 19 years with a lady. I'm getting a bit deep now. I've got really choked up when I first read it. Um, yeah. Because I never thought that I could admire her. Admire her yeah. as much as I do already. And then I was like, now there's something more. And I, I'm never going to, you know, it, there's never a right time and place to come out. And I don't think yeah. it's anyone's responsibility to come out until they're ready. And I think the timing is perfect. I hope she realizes what she's done and how 
the impact of what she's done because she she knows she has a huge gay following i mean elvira is a drag queen there's no other way about it elvira is a drag queen mm-hmm. um and it's just huge especially like the majority of people who will fancy elvira as well will be cishet men who have grown up being yeah. like boobs boobs titties well i think that's that's it because i mean typically the the whole character the way that she's set up and portrayed is to appeal to straight men isn't it it's it's Mm -hmm. it's the boobs it's the hair it's the makeup it's the look it's the sexiness the vampiness so i don't know it's it's (laughs) i i just feel like it's perfect to be honest that there's this little nod and a wink and going "Mm, you know this whole time i've been with a lady (laughs) And also, if you've seen photos of T as well, good God, she's yeah. gorgeous. I mean, they're both gorgeous. But also, a huge shout out to T for being able to keep it a secret for 19 years that you are yep. with Elvira. I mean, I don't think anybody is more entitled to brag about something than T is. Like, yeah. I'd find that hard to keep a secret. I think that would like be hella some... difficult. That would be really, really difficult. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's probably well, something that's not being talked about enough, actually. I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, there's no right time for people to come out um, and, and say their piece and accept who they are. Um, and I don't think it necessarily was that she wasn't happy or knew who she was. Um, no. I think it was more just... It, I, it was it, about the brand. Yeah, it was the brand. I mean, it she was does timing. explain a lot into it. Uh, she does go into detail in her autobiography, which yeah. is my recommend. one of my recommendations this month, is to please go and read Cruelly Yours uh, by Cassandra Peterson, Sasha Elvira. It's incredible. What a life. What a woman. What an <laughs> icon. I think it's a testament to her, the reaction that it's had as well. Yeah. Because you'll get a lot of people who... It sounds awful, but when somebody comes out publicly, my immediate thought is, I wonder how many piss takes there's going to be. I wonder how many yeah. men are going to get really angry in the comments and stuff. And the, the it's been nothing but love. And I yeah. think that's, that's quite rare, but I feel like that's a testament to her and the impact she's had on the horror and the gay community. I was going to say, I think it speaks volumes for the horror community as well, because I think out of the communities out there, the the horror community is probably one of the more uh, accepting and united. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even if yeah. you did appreciate, uh, obviously, Elvira from uh, a straight or hetero perspective, I, I, it doesn't it doesn't alter the fact. I mean... The character, no. I would still argue, is very much obviously still playing for, for, for men. And I mean, let's talk about the fact it's been 40 years. This woman does not age. She looks no. as good as she did like when she started. It's, it is insane. I really hope she comes over to the UK to do like appearances because it's yeah. always been my dream to meet her. I've had a couple of opportunities. She has been at some conventions over here before, but... It's always been in the middle of something or I've been away. I'm in a position now where I can just go. You can drop I mean? everything like, and, uh, yeah, go and see her. Yeah. No, I could, yeah. I, I, I definitely love to, to see her as well. I mean, a few years back, we actually had one of our films, The Final Girl, showing at a, like, horror Halloween convention thing that she was hosting. Mm-hmm. And she actually introduced, like, the short film segment. So oh. I can remember at the time I was kind of like, oh, my Lord. Like, even if she doesn't stay and watch the film, she's <laughs> there's, like, yeah. this weird kind of tenuous link to, to her in some way. And, I mean, I, I think that's it, is, is she's one of those 
queer characters kind of like hocus pocus in a way as uh, it, it, she, she's not just a character she's a phenomenon and she's been with horror yeah. fans throughout their entire lives that was a really really obviously great thing um for the mm-hmm. queer community to see and for the horror communities in that crossover to see someone of that caliber and kind of say yeah. look this is who i am and i'm happy and I want you to be happy for me. I think uh, as well, though, uh, and we obviously we had a bit of a chat before we started the recording of this podcast. There, there's also some more serious sides to one the reason as to why we we're doing this, um, and the reasons mm-hmm. uh, why we feel it's necessary to still then speak out as well about queer issues and queer perspectives yeah. uh, on stuff. I don't know if you want to go into. To, to what I'm talking about yeah. here because I feel like you know a bit more about it than than I do but October's um, quite a bittersweet month um, mm-hmm. not just for me personally it's like my favourite month but it also a month that reminds me of um, a huge tragedy that um, has resonated with me throughout my whole life and that's um, this month marks the anniversary of the death of Matthew Shepard uh, for anybody who's listening who's not aware of what happened with Matthew Shepard, it was um, back in 1998. Um, Matthew Shepard um, was in a bar in Wyoming, uh, went to meet a friend, a supposedly friend there. I'm just going to put a content warning for anyone listening to. I mean, we talk about horror, but this is mm. real life stuff. I mean, here, this so is real life horror. Isn't go. It? Yeah, yeah. He was taken um, to a field, tied to a fence, and savagely beaten to the point where, when he was found, his face was covered in blood, uh, apart from some lines on his face where he'd been crying what happened at that point sparked huge a huge outcry uh, in america but also worldwide yeah. where i feel um hate crime was really seen for what it is i mean beforehand gay panic was used as defense in most homophobic attacks and this was the first time where people were like, oh, wait a minute, you can't use gay panic. You can't. Yeah. He wasn't attacked and beaten, savagely beaten to death and because he, you know, he came onto them, even if he did, yeah. that's not an excuse. And so, yeah, this, this month, I always on October 12th, I will light a candle for Matthew as I have done each year. Mm-hmm. I was very lucky to direct a production of the Laramie project, which is a great play by Moises Kaufman and uh, tectonic theater uh, i suggest anybody out there to to give it a, there's a film of it but you know give it a read it's great yeah. it's um it's verbatim theater so the play is every line in the play is word for word what people have said in the town of wyoming it's all based on interviews of people in new and people were close taken yeah. from news articles and and press recordings and at the actual court hearing and all that lot. unfortunately it seems to be that it takes such horrendous acts for people to then suddenly realize that maybe the way that the world is isn't okay and people need to i don't know take that time to educate themselves look into themselves and see what they can do to make the world a better place and i will say obviously you've had um an awareness obviously for some time in in your involvement with the laramie project as well i i will say it's something that i a story that i came across more recently in, yeah. in maybe the past kind of five years or so. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, I, I didn't really know much about it before then. And, but I took the time to read about it and I'd suggest anyone at home listening would, 
uh, take the time to go and actually read about uh, what what happened because yeah um, unfortunately it's it's a part of of queer history it's also um reminds us that we should never be complacent that the fight's yeah. never truly over and that we may have come so far but there's still a long way to go but mm-hmm. it's also you know i, I, I don't want it <clears throat> so sorry i don't want to you know bring you know bring the whole show on a down we, we, yeah. we were having we have had fun here we have a laugh but like you know just let just think of like out of tragedy comes beauty and we yeah. we get to have a laugh and make dick jokes and all this fun because so many sacrifices have been made along the way and yeah. people have paved the way for us um so i'm just gonna put a pin in that now um we'll get back to the light-hearted stuff moving on moving on recommendations um yeah recommendations so my first recommendation is um the Elvira autobiography, yours cruelly, Elvira memoirs. Of I mean, great the name. Of the dark, great yeah. name, fantastic. It's full of great stories and anecdotes. There's some great photos in there. My favourite story about being the celebrity who sent her to the hospital because their member was so huge it tore her <laughs> vagina. If you want to find out who that is, you'll have to read the book. <laughs> My next recommendation is another book. Um, it came up as a suggestion. Uh, on an Instagram advert, which I suppose shows the algorithm maybe actually working in there. <laughs> and it's a book called uh, Women Make Horror, Filmmaking Feminism Genre. It came up as a suggested thing. I was like, well, Instagram suggestions are being like some weird sex toy from Wish. It never gets it right. <laughs> I was going to say, but... when you said about the adverts, I was like, are we going to take a moment just to talk about the uh, full latex cat suits <laughs> that get recommended to me from Wish? Or... <laughs> It happens so often, and I'm just like... They're just so unnecessary, but also so left field. Like, you'll be scrolling, someone's just posted <laughs> their newborn baby, then underneath, you've got, like, a giant wooden <laughs> that you can put up on the, on the wall, and it's just like, what? <laughs> it's ridiculous. So yeah, it's um, it's yet to arrive. Um, okay. But I've been reading reviews, and apparently it's a game-changer. It explores women in horror, women filmmakers, designers, set designers, sound crew, everything. So everyone, really. There's pulling the strings. Get, gets overlooked, completely get overlooked. You chose looks, I chose but Well, <laughs> I've kind of flipped that on its head. Oh, Zinnia Wormwood, what a woman. Anyway, yeah, Carrie, what are your recommendations? Um, so my recommendation... I've literally, I've just got one, is going to be a new series that's uh, on Netflix called Midnight Mass. Okay. It's uh, it's a new series directed by Mike Flanagan. And I know that has been a passion project of his. Like for years, mm. he's been kind of like lacing these images of books called Midnight Mass and like little plot snippets. And I think it was really yeah. his like number one goal was to get this thing made. And I don't know. Yeah. I I I was thoroughly impressed with it. Um, it's it's basically like a Stephen King book that unfolds, nice. and I, I think it, he it needed to be a series. It was it was what it's definitely a series that follows uh, this set of characters. And I mean, we we're in this like seaside isolated island town uh, in America, and essentially this. Strange phenomenon starts happening on this island, and we then slowly learn more and more as to what's happening until it it comes to one of the most 
balls to the wall crazy finales i think i've ever seen Ooh. in something and i really really enjoyed it now the reason i'm talking about it is i think a, a lot of the feedback has been that and i mean i can see it a lot of the scenes it is quite a lengthy series i mean i did binge it in a day so it is possible but a lot of the scenes are kind of like one monologue into another monologue and you can tell it's right it's obviously what's appealed to the actors uh, and to direct it would be a dream but it, it is a bit kind of uh, heavy around the middle when it gets going but one of the characters i absolutely loved is um a queer identifying character and it's probably she is sorry rather one of the only characters that you like really root for obviously mm. right up until um the the end of the the show so I would definitely advise checking it out. I'm just a huge fan of Mike Flanagan, and I think the fact that my favourite character also happened to be a queer character was well, just Mike, a, a bonus. Yeah, Mike Flanagan's uh, very much like a an alternate universe Ryan Murphy, is what I like to call him. Um, yeah, I see that. In terms of has brought has brought horror back to TV screens in a, in a, in a very different way. Yeah, um, has got that has got. The similar elements has like recurring cast in each of yeah. the shows. Yeah, has a you know if you're watching something that Mike Flanagan's done, there's such a feel to them. And Kate Siegel being in yeah. Seigel Siegel, it's not Siegel like, <laughs> but you know, like, <laughs> she's a Siegel. I'm I'm a huge. I, I think she's one of the most incredible actresses out there. Yeah. Um loved her in Hush. Yes. Um, well, Mike Flanagan again. Fact, she's Mike Flanagan's wife. Yeah. Oh. They've got a baby together now, yeah. In Hush, the character is actually the writer of Midnight Mass when the neighbour comes over and she's like, I really love this oh. character and I really love this. They're the characters <laughs> that we then have in the series. I want to watch Midnight Mass for Rahul Kohli. Oh, my God. I mean, sexy, he, is, man. he is lovely. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I saw something on um, on on TikTok the other day where basically the sound effect was just like Daddy, sorry, Daddy, sorry, Daddy, sorry. I mean, I think oh, he knows. Oh, um, but yeah, there's a lot of recurring cast from um, Hill House, uh, Blind Manor, and obviously some of his other projects, uh, Flanagan's other projects. What I will say, you did mention Mr. Murphy, is I do feel like he doesn't try as hard or needs to try as hard rather and this is a good thing with the gay characters i'm mm-hmm. gonna i've got to say Absolutely. Yeah. i'm getting a bit sick of ryan murphy feeling the need to just i don't know everything has to be dripping in sexuality and it's not necessarily yeah and it's it's there's not there's no subtlety or nuance to his gay characters i don't think absolutely they not. have to be hypersexual and it's, there's yeah. nothing wrong i mean listen to what comes out of my mouth half the time there's nothing <laughs> wrong with hypersexuality at all but there's i feel like he's doing more damage than he is yeah there. i've got to say i agree and it's, it's getting to the point now where i feel like they are just becoming the caricature they're yeah, just, they're caricatures. They're not characters. They're, they're, yeah, it, it's it's almost laughable. I mean, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if if you've been watching, but I've been uh, watching the latest series of American Horror Story, uh, which is double feature, so it's split into two. So we had Red Tide, and now we've just started Death Valley. And I I don't know. It was kind of like the first first half was set in Provincetown, which mm-hmm. I I didn't know was supposedly oh, quite a gay. So badly part of america but it was just it was so in your face 
uh, in some places that it, it kind of took you out of it because it was tonally it was a very serious and scary like it felt like it was getting back to old school american horror story yeah. which i loved because it was scary and it was i don't know the the way it was shot was was amazing but then all of a sudden you've got dennis o'hare talking about boys getting butt on porches and you're kind of like what it is a kind of recommendation i would say to to look at american horror story the latest series but mm-hmm. go into it <laughs> knowing that you're gonna get gay characters pretty much rammed down your throat from the outset and i mean the second half's just started and again it's it's a lot and i don't I mean, think I, it needs I, to be like that i feel like what we've said with mike flanagan and and his characters whether they're queer or not they just feel a whole lot more authentic i think than some of the yeah. creations of of mr murphy unfortunately so I suppose talking about horror stories on TV to real life horror stories, we return to the section of the podcast, which I absolutely loved last episode. Oh, and I must say, I did notice I spoke over you quite a lot last time. So I'm going to try and keep shtum this, this episode. <laughs> I'm not going to be the Trixie to your catcher and just keep interrupting you. <laughs> so I believe that you have had... A submission. So someone someone has contacted you after listening to last month's episode and has said, do you know what? I have a, a grinder horror story I'd like to tell. So get yourself comfy, lower the lights and prepare as we unveil a real life grinder horror story. Take it away, Liam. So this story is entitled coffee hold the cream (laughs) setting the scene outside of our staff room there is a random brand coffee kiosk i'd been buying coffees from this kiosk for about six months now lovely staff discount i was newly single and back on the apps you know the apps when i received a message from the barista who regularly serves me there telling me that I looked extremely hot today and let him know what next time I was working. So I did. And he said he wanted to know. So next time he could add his own special cream to the coffee. He wanted to in my coffee and watch me drink it. Safe to say. I went back to branded coffee chains pretty quickly. Wow. <laughs> that that took a turn. That is not where I expected that story to How go. How incredible is that story? How, I, mean, I mean, people are just weird. I want to in your coffee and watch you drink it. I, I mean, mean, we all love a f***ing frappuccino, but but I'm trying to think as well. If that was hot coffee, imagine the texture. <laughs> We're leaving it there. <laughs> For goodness so, sake. So um, I'd really like to thank um, the person who sent that in. They are going to remain anonymous. They are a very good friend. So thank you for submitting that in. If anybody else would like to submit their grinder or other apps are available, uh, I'd quite like to hear some stories from her, the lesbian equivalent to Grinder. I yep. want to know if it's as bad. Uh, but yeah, other dating apps are available. Uh, please send them in. You can message me directly if you want, because 
No, actually, yeah, message me directly because yeah, I... if, you, if you want to field <sighs> those, <laughs> that would be great. I'm just gonna like log into the Super Freak Media socials next time, and it's just gonna be all these weird stories submitted. <laughs> um, but yeah, but no, please definitely contact the other Liam about those. <laughs> But that that was thrilling. That was everything I think I wanted it to be. I love the idea of grinder horror story. Just that notification is it does trigger fight or fight in some people. Especially like I went to a club where they played the notification over the song, (laughs) and the amount of people who got the phone out was so. funny <laughs> i feel like that could be a horror like I, I feel like there could be a horror film made about grinder because it's it's just well it's funny you say that is. i was literally talking uh, about this the, the other day because um i'm sure my good friend rich will not mind me saying this um but we, we just got back from uh, a shoot and he was talking about how he'd had kind of bad luck on on tinder um, mm. And I was saying, oh, well, it's because you're not on grind. <laughs> That's the problem. But you, you're dead right. It is it is a horror film right there. And I, I may or may not be cooking something up along those lines because there's a lot that could go mm-hmm. wrong with that app. Um, so watch this space and uh, oh, we'll see. If you're cooking something up, I'll, we'll supply the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enough of that. Absolutely enough of that. You can... Uh, you can do one with that, but um, <laughs> for if goodness that's sake. not going to entice you to come back next month, then <laughs> this definitely will. Next month, uh, in celebration of the new TV series that's coming out very soon, uh, we will be discussing our first big franchise. Yeah. Uh, we will be discussing it as a whole. Um, <laughs> uh, but we will be discussing the Child's Play franchise. Hi. I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi Ho. I don't. I feel like there's not one particular film that we could cherry pick. I think and, there's there's a lot for I... us to discuss and unpack. And obviously, there's uh, the creator himself is also a part of the uh, the community. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited for this episode, and I'm excited to see what the new series has to offer as well. Me too. I've had a lot of fun this evening discussing discussing Hocus Pocus, discussing some serious things and and i am gonna make a coffee in a minute and that's all i'm gonna be thinking of i can't i don't think i'm gonna touch coffee for at least 30 minutes (laughs) 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 at least five minutes yeah no well thank you yeah it's been an awesome it's been an awesome episode and it's been nice to get together and catch up and obviously this episode is october's episode so happy spooky month everyone and i think i speak for both of us when i say that we both wish that you all have an amazing halloween and you need to make sure that you check out this year's Super Freak Media short for Halloween. Otherwise, gonna, as Liam I'm promised, gonna, he's going to find you. He's going yeah, to come around to your house. You. I'm going to put your kettle on. and <laughs> Make you a nice a cup of coffee. But I'm really awful at plugging things. So if you could take away that part, please, because I am <laughs> absolutely dreadful at it. I don't even know my own handles, I think it, I think but... it was brilliant. I mean, we'll just do what we usually do. We'll pop a link to our own socials in the description box below. And if you want to say hello or tell us what an awful job we're doing then that's the way to do it so uh, you heard it here first <laughs> so on that note i just want to remind you all that closets were not made for people they were made for monsters 
and babysitter killers. Bye. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs> Are they gone? I think they've gone. <laughs> Super Freak Media Podcast Network. To show your support, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And you can find us on social media in the links in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening. <laughs>